everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of iCast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign, Tyranny of Dragons. I'm Thomas, your DM for this adventure, and round the table, we've got... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Last we left our adventurers... As they were on the road heading towards the Cult of the Dragons, or at least the campsite where they had previously escaped from the Cult of the Dragons, uh, with the prodding and pleading from Leosin to gain any information or anything substantial that they could then bring to either Leosin's leaders or anybody else in authority to help further the cause of uh, fighting against this cult. As they were on the trail, Mal had a visitation from her patron where um, she had some images of her past flash before her eyes and had a very tense and physically painful confrontation with her patron, but allowing her to switch one of her eldritch invocations. As they approached the campsite, they overlooked the charred remains of most of the cultist camp, and they found a few hunters directly in the center, which beckoned them forth as the group was not as stealthful as they thought they were. Upon approaching the campsite and getting some idea of where their allegiances lie, it seems they just would rather go to the next employer than care to defend the cult or the remaining members of the cult locked away in the cave. Mal, changing her familiar to an imp, then ordered the imp to change into a spider and turn invisible. And while that spider was invisible, crawling through the cavern, she was able to see through that spider's eyes and start mapping out the dungeon, realizing that a spider, not being the fastest creature amongst them, they decided to go in to the first four rooms that the spider had mapped out for them, quickly dispatched of the cultists that were there, and we come to our adventures as they are pushing the bodies into a corner. So, the Jank Squad, as you have just softly, quietly pushed these individuals, rather corpses, should I say, into a corner, a dark corner, you have found yourself in the entrance to this cave. This entrance having stalactites and stalagmites scattered throughout, and it's quite a large cave, but with all of you having dark vision, it's not an issue, and you're able to see 60 feet down without needing... Uh, the assistance of light. How do you proceed forward? I mean, we've got a spider. Well, remember, we wanted to go to the... We wanted to go to a certain spot that the spider had scouted out for us and then keep going with the spider. Sounds like a plan. And before we go any further, Mickey, I'd like to award you an inspiration die. (laughs) It only took nine months. Just wow, kidding. <laughs> called out. It took eleven. I thought she had. I thought you got one more. I thought you got one more. I gave her one. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> there you go. It only took nine months. <laughs> Just kidding. It was eleven. <laughs> no, uh, the inspiration die being a very clever, a very clever use of your class and your abilities and your familiar and specifically. Uh, well done. So you have your spider, Zaza, um, which is technically an imp, just in polymorphed form and is also invisible. So uh, would you like to keep pushing Zaza forward? Well, I think we all wanted to, we as a party wanted to go 
through the tunnels down to where it branches out, at least, right? Yeah, we were planning on going to the, the farthest east chamber that Zaza had went to. Yeah. And then stopping and continuing with the Zaza. And she, like, Zaza might not have tripped any traps, and so we want to be careful as we're going down. I see. So uh, it sounds like you're going to approach uh, stealthily and uh, carefully, yes? And I will be in the front investigating full traps. Great. So we've got uh, Lance in the front and then Fleeple in the middle, Mal in the back. Is that all right? Yeah, I'll be right behind Lance so I can just be giving him guidance occasionally. Yep, you can pat him on the back, pat him on the knees. It'd be weird to pat him on the knees while you're walking. Uh, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to give him like the, oh, I can't remember the name, like the dead heel as we're going along. Oh, flat tire. Flat tire. Just give him a flat tire every time I give him guidance. I'm so annoyed by that. With your like sharp collab claw feek. Oh, man. Okay. So I'll need everybody roll me a stealth check, please. I'm going to use my dice for roguey things. <laughs> Kills me every time. Oh, no. That's not very good. It's a throwback. Was your do do was that a Andy thing? Was that from The Office? Is that, that was. another reference? All right, so Lance, what you got? 21. 21. Fleeple. Eight. Oh, my gosh. You... Mal. Eight. I don't want you walking with me anywhere anymore. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So this is literally how it goes. Lance is like, all right, I'm in my element. I got my cloak wrapped around me. I am the darkness. I am the night. And just as he's about to uh, complete his, like, mantra, he says every single time before he goes stealthing off away from the party. Rogy things, rogy things, rogy things. Mal and Fleeple are just right on his heels quietly, or at least they think quietly discussing um, one of the fine cheeses that uh, Fleeple still has in his pouch. I can smell it. It smells really good. What is it? Did you keep it? What is it? Oh, well, I, I just had to keep my hands on this one. It's just, it's a bit of Emmenteller, you know. Will you be quiet? So, we'll see if that brings anything forward here. So, Mal, as you cast this Detect Magic, and it's every ten minutes it's this radar... Uh, really, the only th- magical thing that you sense is your sword that you have with you. Oh, the gift that's been given unto you. And the boots that Lance is wearing, those are magical. And although hardly described, but always present, the goggles that Fleeple occasionally wears when it's daylight outside, aside from the items that you have amongst yourselves, whether they be potions or things like that, not anything pinging you within a What's the radius for that? 30? 30 feet? 60? 300? I don't know. I just got it. 30. New spell. Who dis? Within the 30 feet. Okay. On lead, everybody roll me. Uh, Lance, you wanted to roll an investigation check, correct? Yes. Great. Go ahead and roll, 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 roll. Not the best, actually. Poop. Um, that's going to be a 12. Okay. Sounds good. A 12. So as you go through this first entrance, and as I mentioned previously, this cave, uh, the entrance is quite large, or rather it's quite long. These two individuals that you disposed of seem to have been the sentries directly at the center, but you go for a good maybe 50 feet, um, and it's just 
more cave, more, yeah, just, just more cave, not, nothing, like, noticeable. With your 12, you do see these heavy ruts in the, like, where there's dirt and where there is uh, some mud. You see these heavy ruts just going through the entrance, which, similar to what Fleeple had discovered, um, leaving the campsite in, in particular, but where it starts to get rocky, that obviously is uh, not as noticeable. Fleeple, your passive perception is 15, yes? Correct. Okay. So even though you were discussing this fine cheese um, and looking through the other remnants of the things that you didn't give back to Bevan, your right ear just starts to twitch and perk and pick something up. And as uh, I mentioned previously, there were some stone steps that led down and toward a fungus garden that Zaza was able to discover. However, before you get to those steps, Fleeple... To the right, where there seems to be a wall of the cave, but you could swear you hear something behind that wall. Uh, I'm going to give Lance a flat tire, and over there. You just did your closet. <laughs> what? Sorry, sorry. I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very clumsy. I only have. I have a pretty decent dexterity, actually, so I can't use that as an excuse. But that wall over there, there's something funky going on. Like a smell? Like a funky smell? Like a sound. A funky sound. (laughs) Okay. There's no slap bass or anything, but... Okay, I'm just gonna... Um, okay, I will then stop the two and I will say, Stay here. Don't move. I will go over and check out whatever that may be. But true to my word, I did give him guidance when I give him a flat tire. Great. Doesn't it last for like two seconds? <laughs> it lasts for a minute, I believe. Oh, it does? Okay. So just as Lance is about to uh, walk away, uh, Fleeple, just for good measure, gives Lance another flat tire. Um, and Lance, as you are... Walking over to that area, we'll, we'll keep your stealth roll, but we're only another investigation check as something different has been pointed out to you. All right, with guidance. And guidance is just a d4 added on to whatever your uh, roll okay, is. Okay, okay, that's better. It's going to be 20. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I just looked at all the numbers now. Uh, that's going to be 26. I couldn't tell if that was like an exclamation or if that was the sound of a falcon. <laughs> it was both. <laughs> Or isn't the sound of a falcon just an exclamation? <laughs> so, as you stealth over there, you start touching the wall. And as you start touching the wall, almost like a blind person, and but just the fact that, like, you're you're trying to feel any crevice, any, any, like, opening, any switch, and you are being very thorough. Um, with your passive perception, you don't hear what Fleeple might be hearing, but there is about five, eight minutes where you just are feeling, 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 and then all of a sudden you get to a portion where your hand curves around the stone. And this wall should have been flat, but it's your hand is very clearly cupping part of the wall. And as you just kind of look in, there's a very clever uh, natural optical illusion to where it looked like it was a straight cave wall, but you see there was just a natural rock formation to where there is a passageway that leads down through there. All right. 
when I'm when I'm over there, I will I will signal to the others to come by making this sound. I will signal them to head on over to this part. Okay. So um, as Mal and Fleeple, as you go over there, Lance also shows you quietly that there is a way around this wall into this other portion of the cave. I will say, uh, uh, Malamara, uh, I think this would be a good opportunity to send Zaza through. Mal will quietly whistle and instruct Zaza to do the same thing, the return and report, go and then come back. Uh, with that, Zaza, still invisible, you just hear the flap of wings and just a feel a soft, gentle uh, pressure on your shoulder before the imp. It becomes visible again. So Zaza can also turn into a raven that's very quiet and can fly 50 feet in about, you know, six seconds, let's say. Um, would that be better for a scouting mission to have it be a bird, or do we still want them to be a spider? Can the raven see in the in the cave as well as the spider? Yes, because it keeps their imp stats. Is it more... Pers- uh, can it perceive more? No, it just can go faster. I mean, whatever you feel is best, I don't know. I, haven't, I don't have this ability, so I don't know. I don't know what calls for what here. It was just if we if we were trying to get through this quickly or if we didn't mind. We felt like the spider was going a little slow for us. And so I can turn him into a raven who flies about 60 feet in a, in a given time frame. Or we could just keep with the spider and be really stealthy and go with the stealth. But no matter what, they can see in the dark. Fleeple, your thoughts? Um, hmm. I think we go with the best combination of stealth and perception. So... Uh. A spider raven. Yes. <laughs> you joke. You joke. Spiders should never have wings. <laughs> oh, that would be terrifying. So can the imp be a raven and invisible at the same time? Is that a possibility? Yes. Yes. Why can't the imp just be an imp? The imp can also be an imp which flies 40 feet. Oh, it's just faster. Okay. It's, it's faster as a raven, and a raven, I, I imagine, would be quieter with the feathers than bat, more like bat-like wings, but maybe bat-like wings might sound more like a bat. I just wanted to give, as I'm learning about this this spell that I was rec- I've recently gotten, um, it, it kind of comes in waves, my understanding. And so I thought maybe um, if we wanted to go a little bit faster, we could. Madamon, just yes. trust yourself. Choose. We trust you. Fleeple's just slack-jawed. I, I think the raven might be a better, a qu- at least a quicker scout than a spider would be. An invisible raven, but... I trust your judgment in this case. Is that all right with you, Fleeple? That's fine with me. I think an extra little bit of speed is probably um, a good thing in this situation. That spider was maybe a little slower than we initially thought it would be. I agree. So I'll telepathically re- will relate that to Zaza to take the form of a raven to go invisible, and then I'll give the whistle to do the return and report. Great. So um, as the imp uh, Zaza, uh, she transforms into a raven. Telepathically, she goes, nevermore, and then she just flies off. (laughs) (laughs) Nevermore! It's one of the only literary references I get. (laughs) 
That's beautiful. <laughs> okay. So go ahead and roll a stealth check for Zaza as a raven, which it's just the imp stats. Invisible is advantage? It is advantage, okay. yes. Good. She needed that. Uh, 18. 18. Okay. So as Zaza is flying um, as this raven, doing, doing a mixture of like flapping wings, perching on rocks and uh i imagine you go into her vision to to see what she sees right um she comes to it really quickly actually not far from you uh she comes to a junction to where she can go right or left and within telepathic communication of you uh and if you say nothing she uh turns to the right and she starts to fly in that direction as she turns to the right uh there's just this massive chamber it's about about 40 by 30 feet um, and it looks like this held a lot of treasure. At least it used to. Oh, Thomas, don't do that to us. It's so mean. The only way that Zaza could make that assumption is that there are scattered treasure about. And as she flies up to the back wall, there is uh, some gold pieces that are actually trapped in the stone. Um, there's, there's like a necklace on the ground, a couple of like scattered remnants of treasure there. Uh, this chamber is empty. You suck. <laughs> there's some there. You there's suck. a little bit there. Well, I mean, we did, we did, uh, inside a prison riot. We did. Within his world. So I guess this is maybe a I'm little just, bit of karma. I'm just saying it, it was a really vivid description of a really sucky situation. <laughs> <laughs> like, there could have been so much here. This massive chamber is just huge with treasure. Or should I say, was with treasure. Wow. <laughs> and so it was Zaza, uh, seeing nothing else of note or of uh, importance in this room, flies back to that junction and starts to go south. Uh, have Zaza roll a perception check, please. Great. Three. Okay. With the perception of three, uh, with Zaza rolling a three, uh, Zaza's really f uh, intent on these corridors and, and doesn't realize until they she flies into another room filled with 11 individuals. Oh, no. But this isn't stealth. This is perception. So these individuals are smattering of mercenaries, acolytes that... Mal, you, you recognize one of them from in passing from the magic side of the camp. Uh, and everyone's just kind of sitting around. For 11 people, it's quite a small room. It's maybe, no, let's see here, 40 feet long. Um, and everybody just seems to be really bored. I'm going to be rolling, making a few rolls here. Actually, it wouldn't be rolls. It would be passive perception because they're not actively looking at anything right now. So, no. So, uh, as of right now, all, all of these individuals, uh, Zaza just stops in place and, like, just falls to the ground immediately so that even her flapping her wings doesn't make a noise. And none of the individuals seem to react to her landing on the ground. Some are... There are two individuals in a corner playing cards with each other, uh... 
throwing copper pieces onto the table. It's not a high stakes game at all. One individual in the other corner is writing in a book. The magic user is wrapping a wand in the corner as well. It just seems that there's a lot of bored individuals in this room. Are they wearing cultist robes or they look like mercenaries? Like mismatched armor and stuff. Yeah, so a lot of them look like mercenaries. However, there are two that are wearing black robes that seem to have, they're apart from the rest of the room, if that makes sense. Like they've set themselves apart. Uh, So there's like three different clumps. One where all the mercenaries kind of hang out. One where the two cultists, what you gather, are, are gathered with the black robes. And then three magic users that were one of them you recognize from the magic camp. Are any of the cultists, with our limited time in the camp, do we recognize, like, would I recognize any of them from the camp? Are they any important named people, or just I recognize them from being around camp? Yeah, nobody by name, just uh, a face here, somebody with a very distinctive scar. And then there's a chamber that goes off. Can I see that at all from where the raven is? Uh, the raven would have to move into that chamber and try and take a look. Um so if you'd like to, that would take another stealth check to navigate. Can I have Zaza shapeshift? It doesn't look like there's any, because it's, it's not polymorph, it's just a shapeshift. Can I have him sh- uh, it is polymorph, technically, but you keep all of the imp stats every time it does right. polymorph. Right, just because it says shape changer. It doesn't have number of times per day. Right, yeah, it's just constant. Right, uh, can I have him morph into a little spider and crawl up the wall there so I can get a better view of... The room itself? Sure thing. Uh, I will say, even though Zaza is invisible, just due to how many individuals are in this room, they're going to roll a stealth check with disadvantage. Sure. Because they're invisible, they would have gotten advantage, so it's just a straight roll. I feel like Jake. Oh, that was really good. Natural 18 on the dice, plus three. So 21. Okay, 21. Without issue, and without making any noise when the spell is cast, just up the walls over and uh, they uh, descend from the wall as well into that corridor. No noise having been made. Uh, Just as a note from where the three of you currently are at to where this corridor is, it looks like it's maybe only 30 feet away. She has not told us this is what she sees. Exactly. So me and Fleeple right now are discussing me and Fleeble right now. So I said I trust her in this case. What I meant by that is she should be, she should be confident. She should be confident in her choices. But at the same time, she sometimes does make terrible choices. Yes, but this Emin Teller is just—it's so wonderful. This what? <laughs> the cheese, goodness! Oh my gosh! <laughs> that thing is covered in mold, Fleeble. Well, it—it's all we've got left. It's all you've got left. <laughs> I'm not touching As it. Zaza continues to move forward, they go into another corridor that opens up quite extensively here. This room is much different from the previous room. There are rugs in here. There is a cabinet off to the side. There's a table um, directly in the center, and there's a bed in a alcove that seems to have been dug into the rock wall itself, um, probably using magical means to maybe like shape stone and and remove it that way, or maybe a disintegrate spell. But the bedding is quite familiar. 
Oh no, she's here. Because you were in a tent. She's here. Where you saw this bedding. And at the desk in the center, you see Frulon Mondath. Oh, she's here. <laughs> Crap, I did not think she would be here. Writing a letter or writing something furiously. And as Zaza is staring at Frulon Mondath, she puts down her pen and just is rubbing her temples, both uh, hands to both her sides of her temples and just massaging them over and over and just, just a big sigh and opens a drawer and takes another letter, piece of parchment out and starts drafting another letter. Did not think she would stay behind. I did not either. Oh my gosh. Okay. So because we're within a hundred feet, I will cause Zaza to disappear into that pocket dimension from where she is and then summon her near us. You know, the cheese is quite good, I would say. I I, I was a doubter at first, but it, it does taste pretty good. <laughs> Mal will. <laughs> Got to do something about that bird. Raise her hands and look terrified at her companions. Well, the good news is that um, Zaza found a treasure room. <gasps> That's such good the very bad news. There's no treasure? Is there's no treasure. Oh, dang it. Now let me tell you the, the terrifying news. Um, just down the corridor is um, what I would suspect is a, a 10 to 11. Oh. Mercenaries, cultists, and magic users. Um, oh. And the horrific news would be that just beyond that is a, um, a room with Mondath in it. She's still here, guys. She's still here. Holy crap. And they're only like 30 feet away, so we gotta be really quiet. What what was everybody doing? So far, the mercenaries just looked really bored, and Mondath looked like she was drafting a letter or a proclamation. I'm not really sure. I'm just saying that there's a lot of people between us and them, and they're not that far from us. Okay, that's... Oh, crap. That's so... Okay, that's what we came here for. Information about this cult. So if any of us could cast fireball into that room, that would be really helpful. Ah, fleeple. <laughs> hmm. Uh, fireballs, not quite so much fire, just fire I can do. Okay. Um, 11 individuals between us and the leader of this cult in the area with all the information that I would assume, not all, but you know what I mean. A lot of information in that room. Oh, crap. How do we do this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we want... I I kind of want to go explore the other things because we know what's this way. This feels very dangerous, but maybe there's some other things. But I also am worried about turning our backs to these... To 11 people. 11 people when we're down and underground. And Mondath. And Mondath. Of all of my abilities, I do have a thunder wave... It can potentially get the most people within one area. Did you see any co- a kobolds in there? Let me think back. No. Okay. Because then I would have said, oh, maybe Fleeple could try his little, oh, I'm part of the camp again. Mm, part of the camp thing. again. Yeah. <laughs> but if there's no kobolds, maybe when the kobolds kind of betrayed them. I did not see any kobolds, but I did see mercenaries. So it's not just cultists in here. They were able to recruit some other people. But we're not, I mean, we can't deceive our way into the middle of that room. And even if we did, that would be, we'd be surrounded. Yeah, there's no way. 
Um, the tunnel right behind this wall toward that room is rather small. And so... Think we could funnel them? We could funnel them where they couldn't flank us. But then that, that might give Mondeth... That might give Mondeth time to get rid of things, evidence, and... And we don't... I don't know anything beyond that, the room that Mondeth's in. There could be hidden things. They could teleport out. There's a lot of stuff. True, true. She's a magic user. How incredibly reckless would it be if I just run as quickly as I possibly can before they notice me straight to Mondath, grab the letters, just moonbeam on top of her head. You can't moon... I don't think you can moonbeam in a cavern. Let, let me let me check on that real quick. <laughs> you actually you actually can, I, I believe so. you had to so. have the sky above you to do it. No, I think that's Thundercloud. How can the moonbeam get into without the moon? It's magic. I mean, we have the element of surprise on our side. We can just, we can just run. We can just run in there before they notice us. And there's no way we could run out, though. There's no exit plan. There's no way to get out of there. Well, here's here's the thing. We get inside the room that Mondath is in. Take care of Mondath as quickly as possible, and then we've got a kill zone. There's a small little tunnel that they have to get through to get to us, and we just take them off one by one. This is so bad. <laughs> this is so terrible, but at the same time, nobody else has a better idea. <laughs> there's no there's no way we could run through without being demolished. I could, but but then I, I'm alone. Alright, so Jinx Squad, what are we What are we doing? Alright, um I think this seems like a very risky um thing to do if we just go in there and charge all. Oh, incredibly. Yes, very risky. Thank you, Fleeple. Um, So, I mean, we could, or we could keep exploring what we know there is. We could keep exploring the other places of the cave to either look for possible things that would help us in this fight, or maybe there's another way around to to get at her like like this kind of secret entrance we just found. So, Here's what I was thinking. Here's what I was thinking. We leave Zaza here to occasionally spy on this entrance to see if they come out at all. Because we don't want them also, you know, sneaking up on us in the back. So we leave Zaza here. We explore the rest of the cave to see what other threats, dangers, or possible benefits we can find. And if we find things, great. If we don't, then we're just back to where we started back here. I think that's a great idea. I I am worried about trying to, to charge these guys, but I also don't want them to come at our back. So I feel like leaving a spy might be the best solution, at least until we know what else is in this cave. A spy der. <laughs> that was pretty clever. I, I actually go I will I will golf clap. Golf is now canon in this world. I will golf clap you. Oh, thank you, thank you. Okay. So Mal giving instruction to Zasa to perch on the wall, also invisible. Uh, just roll a stealth check, and we'll keep this uh, for Zaza, and we'll keep this generally. Um, and I'll keep, I will keep her as a spider. That way she can be on the wall and not, like, on the ground. And just right inside the cave where she can see into where the 11 mercenaries all are. 
That way, if Mondath tries to come out or whatever, she can keep an eye on if they're restless or getting nervous or whatever. You got it. Yep, so go and roll that stealth, and uh, we'll just see what occurs. Uh, 18. 18, sounds good. All right, we'll see if anybody picks up on that. Sorry, I do have one more question. Um, based on the spell, it says within 100 feet, I can communicate with it telepathically. Additionally, as an action, you can see through your familiar's eyes. It's a little unclear if it's within 100 feet, I can see within it, or if it's just, I can only communicate, but outside of 100 feet, I can still see in their senses. DM, do you want to have a ruling on that? I think that you should be you, you should be able to check in on them, but you just won't be able to communicate with them necessarily, so... Great. Okay. Well, so the rest of you go down into the room with uh, Fungus, right? I'll take the lead again. I think we're sneaking, and I'm also looking for traps. All right, let's get another round of rolls here. Stealth for everybody, and then uh, in addition to that, uh, being flat-tired, Lance, you'll do an investigation check. Sneak is non-natural 20 for me. Okay. Uh, Mal? I'm 16 sneaky. Okay, and Fleet. I got a 22. Woo! More sneakier than Look Lance. at us being sneaky. Oh, it's a good feeling. This encounter, or rather the lack of an encounter, uh, really caused everybody to be like, all right, Fleeple, you're putting your cheese away. <laughs> this is go time now. <laughs> you're like giving everybody eyes like, okay, this is serious. Put the cheese away. Game face on, so to speak. And although you're not leading, you are uh, taking after Lance's lead and just stepping one right after another. Lance, go and roll me. Uh, what was your uh, investigation check? I didn't roll yet. Am I getting guidance on investigation or? Yeah, you are. Okay. I just didn't know. Oh, poop. oh no. Well, it's okay. Better than the first one I did. That's going to be a 17. Okay, sounds good. As you come up to the stairs, you investigate it for a little bit. It doesn't really seem to have anything of note, no traps necessarily here. So you feel pretty confident that you can walk down them. And you're kind of, as you do so, um, feeling that there's no danger, you enter into the room, uh, this other room with the, with the fungus. And this just seems to be like a fungi farm. Um, just a bunch of guys with finger yeah, guns. Yeah, I was just going to hey! say it. Just like guys like, hey, fun guy. Uh, <laughs> You, you see, like, uh, some of the fungus has, like, uh, parts of it carved out with knives. So it just seems to be harvest. The, these uh, funguses are going to be har are harvested for some sort of food. Flapel, is this... I don't know many people who eat fungus, fungi. Is this a, a kobold thing? Uh, can I... Um, I mean, kobold, kobolds do a lot of weird things. Can I maybe... Can I... Can I... <laughs> Can I get some uh, nature understanding up in this ish here? For sure. And we'll, since you're a kobold yourself, let's make an advantage. All right. I'll guide myself on that. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a 10. Okay. With advantage and with max on the guidance. So kobolds do do a lot of strange things. You've eaten some mushrooms before. So, I mean... Yeah, maybe a kobold did this. All right, let's keep going. As you keep moving forward with your stealth checks, uh, you enter the room where uh, Zaza originally was, where you had determined we're going to get here, and this is the room with all of the bats on the ceiling. 
we'll keep your stealth rolls uh, from the previous, uh, because nothing else has really changed just other than the physical location. And feeling fairly confident that um, all of you are are not being heard by the bats. It being daytime, the bats being asleep, you just slowly creep through each of these, uh, past each of the stalagmites or stalactites, whichever one comes from the ground. And as per our plan, Malamara is every 30 seconds or so, like blinking out to check. That is in my brain. So you come to that same intersection to where there are three paths before you. There's one to the right, which goes down, um, further down into the cave. Odd thing about this, which all of you notice, is that there is a spear that is just on the ground at the top of the stairs. Um, and the spear has a lot of like holes in the metal itself. Directly in front of you, uh, there is just kind of a gaping hole. And then to the left, there is just another corridor and uh, you see flickering light at the very end of that uh, corridor on the left. So on the right, it goes down. In front of you, there's a gaping hole, and to the left, there's a corridor with some light. Is the hole something that we could jump over, or it's like a... Are we falling in it? Yeah. Do you want to go investigate it? I will. Not jump in, but like, go take a look? Yeah, just go up to the lip of it. Yeah, as you approach the pit, um, this hole, you notice that there are two short drops uh, before the bottom of the cave is revealed here. While taking in the sight, you are immediately overwhelmed with just disgusting smell. Like, your nostrils immediately are offended by what is coming from this hole. There's a very strong and pungent aroma of refuse and trash that hangs heavy amongst the stale air in this cavern. So it just is trash? From where you currently are at on top of here, I mean, if it smells like it's a bunch of refuse and trash. So, so. do we have to jump in to really see it? And how far is that jump? Can we, like, get out? Or is it, like, literally, like, falling into a, a pit? No, it's it's not falling into a pit. It's just, like, sort of, like, sliding, slowly sliding down each one of these ledges. Um, and there are two ledges before you get to the actual, like, junk pile, so to speak. Um, all right. So without Zaza... I think it'd be best for me to kind of scout this out. Which area would we like for me to go first? I My initial gut feeling was down to the right, because maybe that might circle back toward maybe Mondath. That's true. But um, but the light at the end of the tunnel is also giving me pause. What yeah, would, think, we, would we want to eliminate the things that we know won't be for Mondath? Works for me. All right. I think I'm going to go to the left chamber first then if you guys just want to if y'all want to just stay here and i'll give lance guidance before he heads out for sneakiness if you need help just start screaming i'll tweet <laughs> loudly okay so lance fixing your flat tire that is a constant uh situation in this dungeon here and fleeple uh fleeple giving you finger guns as you walk as you walk away um go ahead and roll me a uh, investigation check here Oh, stealth and then investigation, yes. Okay. I'm going to use the guidance on investigation. And I believe he can use it on both, right? With guidance, I believe it's just any ability check within the next minute. Uh, it lasts up to a minute, but as soon as you use it for an ability check, then it ends. Ah, yeah. it's gone. Well, I'm going to use it for stealth because I rolled terribly even with advantage. 
Okay, sounds good. Okay. It's going to help a little bit. 14. Nope. 13 for stealth. 13 for stealth. Go ahead and roll an investigation check. I rolled a 4 and a 5. You know what? I didn't do it for roguey things. That's why I didn't roll I didn't roll my rogue dice. All right. Investigation. Man, it's not doing well. That's a 14 for investigation. 14. Okay. You get about 20 feet away from your party. And as you get about 10 feet away from your party, nothing happens. As you keep moving forward, you see that this light at the end of the tunnel is just like sort of a flickering candle. Um, you having 60 feet of dark vision, you can see that there's like a small table and a couple stools there. Um, but in this room, it's one of the only rooms that has that light. So <clears throat> I'll redo that. Uh, these flickering lanterns line the southern portion of this room. Uh, they are scattered maybe about every five feet or eight feet from each other. Uh, and this room is divided into two different portions. The south, southern portion is uh, level with uh, the ground that you are walk, walking on. However, uh, j on the northern side, it there seems to be uh, another platform. Uh, not quite an immense pit as you saw previously, but about a 15-foot drop down into lower portion of this cavern or this particular part of the cavern something that's very noticeable however are stone steps that lead down into this southern uh this portion here and what makes these steps so unusual is that there is a gate that surrounds these steps a metal gate um with a door at the bottom of those steps um, but even coming up the steps, there are, it's like, it's like this metal has been just jammed into the rock to prevent, uh, basically to create some sort of barrier or barricade. So that's one of the big, very noticeable things about this. You find on the southern portion where all the lanterns are some crude instruments, instruments like long poles with like ropes at the end of it, uh, like weapons but they're all wooden and like carved and some of them are very poorly carved you find a few like metal chains with what seems like collars at the end of them and the strangest thing is you find these dummies that are roughly human sized or uh, humanoid sized and each of them has just like very strange expression drawn on it very crudely uh, one of them is like laughing uncontrollably it looks like the other one is um only got one eye and uh very poor artistry here now you're you're about to enter the room further when you immediately hear voices coming from a set of stairs on that southern portion of the wall and those voices are seemingly entering the room or at least starting to enter the room. To the left? To my left? Uh, correct. Okay. Can I... Can I try and hide? Yeah, you go ahead. Gotcha. Oh, wow. Stealth, that is 24. Okay. Where exactly you're trying to hide in this room? Um, and you hear the voices coming up the stairs. I'm going to go... I mean, there's no other furniture or anything, right? No, like there's no furniture around you, no stalagmites or tights, and I'm gonna go a little bit down these stairs then to the metal gate. The area. stone steps uh, covered by the metal gate. Okay. Yeah, and just kind of like crouch down there, 
I will have my blades drawn, just in case this is the destination they're headed for, so I can then attack them immediately on sight. Gotcha. And what was your stealth? My stealth was 24. Okay, sounds good. <sighs> yeah, as you as you just sit there quietly, wrap, like hug your cloak around yourself even more, you see five kobolds pop out from those stairs, and they're just chattering away to each other in Draconic. Which I, I can understand. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so, in Draconic. And so then I asked her, you want to go out on Friday? <laughs> you did not. You did not. I did. I did. I asked her out. You did not. You did not hit her. <laughs> I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, <laughs> well, well, hi, Lance. <laughs> and so there's just like some uh, day-to-day conversations, apparently. But what is interesting is uh, there are four kobolds, and you've seen them before. But then you see one kobold that is stands out and is a little different from the others. This kobold, instead of just having uh, the normal frame that Fleeple has and some of these other kobolds have, this one has wings protruding from its back. And this one goes, <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, you did not ask her. Jerry, I was going to take her on a date. And so they sit around the table eating these rats. And the table is... Where in this chamber is the table located again? Yeah, so uh, the table's roughly about 50 feet away from you, uh, pretty near the, probably like the furthest side of this chamber um, that's level with you at least. So as they're talking with each other, uh, one of the kobolds uh, just casually just starts, uh, opens the bag and just starts chucking rats down to to the lower portion of this room as well. So I'm next to this gate. Is it like a see-through gate, or is it just like total, like... Yes. Okay, can I see what's in there? Go and roll me a perception check, please. Okay, not not terrible. This area is heavily shadowed, uh, as the the lanterns don't... uh, They actually hinder the vision down here, which is why your dark vision isn't necessarily kicking in. But what did you roll for perception? 19. But with a 19, you try to see past the flickering lights, and... uh, you try to only activate your dark vision. Just ignore the light source that's there. And as you do, you see a familiar creature, but bigger. And maybe more in command of itself. Not too far from your location. This creature... On all fours, starts to slowly walk over to where the rats are being tossed to the ground. And it has scales. And very similar to the ones you saw in Greenest, this drake that you fought at the mill and you saw in the the Winged Dragon uh, harassing uh, some of the villagers seems to be about eight feet long. Um, And very similar to the uh, blue dragon that attacked Greenest has that same distinct horn coming out, uh, protruding from its nose. And as it's continuing to dig in this rat... You see another drake walk over, and then another drake walk over as well. And all three of them just seem to be fighting, like bickering amongst each other for this this pile of rats that was thrown on. And they're not armored like the ones we saw. No. Okay. They're correct. They are not armored. But you find yourself uncomfortably close to some of these drakes uh, as you are 
essentially on the level that they are currently are at, uh, being somewhat at the bottom of these steps, if you will. Behind a gate, for <laughs> sure. Um, but seeing through the grates, uh, seeing the possible danger in front of you, not too far off. Your companion's only being 60 feet away, but surrounded by these drakes and kobolds, stealthed with your daggers out, or with your sh- short swords out. That's where we'll go ahead to tonight's episode of iCast Fireball. We'll have to find out next time what happens and what decisions you guys make. Well, I know what my first decision is going to be. We're going to kill Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> what are you doing? Do not You're attack me. me apart, Lisa. You hit, I did not hit you. I did not. <laughs> You're tearing me apart, You're tearing me apart, Palomara. <laughs> what a story, people. Well... We'll see if you're successful in. Uh, we s- we'll see if you're successful in uh, getting rid of Tommy Wiseau <laughs> on next week's episode of iCast Fireball. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of iCast Fireball. As always, we hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed playing. From wherever you get your podcast from, please leave us a review. You could also email us at iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and are hoping to get the word out there and set this podcast on fire. To get the most recent update of our content, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram with the handle iCastFireball20. There you can get possible sneak peeks of upcoming episodes, interesting insights from players into the Dungeon Master, behind-the-screen shots of us making this incredibly fun world, and maybe even some more bad impressions of Tommy Wiseau. Just want to give a shout-out to our sister podcast here, Improv Tabletop, uh, Ned. Uh, he started this Improv Tabletop podcast with some of our friends from college as well, and uh, they've already got um, some stories up there, and it is well worth your time. It is just a hoot. Uh, I've already listened to a couple months of their uh, content, and it is just amazing, the stories that they've come up with. Uh, but other than that, like, subscribe, share with your friends and fellow wacky adventurers, and until next time, I'm Thomas, your DM, and around the table, we've got... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleepo. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> Let's keep that fire going, and we'll see you all next time. <laughs>